very interesting over and over again rohit you have reinvented yourself and reinvented the situations to match all the strengths that you have and i think very rarely people can do that it's is beautiful to see i think the reason behind your success and how you kind of use dyslexia and everything else that otherwise could be a challenge to your advantage i think is by applying and being committed Absolutely right podcast. I'm your host Aditi Sarana, and this is India's first graphology-based leadership show. I'm a behavioral analyst, a high-performance coach, and an anti-anxiety expert. So my attempt through our Wednesday conversation is to bring you a guest, a high performer, a path-breaking leader who has done things in a in a different way. You know, he or she has figured out their own mechanisms to success, and we try and decode that in their personality by asking them questions, by me analyzing them, and in a way walking into a coaching session where they ask me something really, really pertinent about their life, their workspace, and things that we can improve. While listening to this conversation, you will learn a great deal about. yourself merely by finding the handwriting strokes that i'm describing in their writing in your own or in your boss's writing or your spouse's writing so it can be super interesting if you really implement it and listen close to the strokes of writing that i describe through the conversation Our guest on the show today is Rohit Raj who is a startup founder for companies like Glitch or Chatterbox. Now he has an interesting story. He started his career with Channel V and in the middle of the recession he and his partner Varun decided to quit their jobs and start their first venture. It's an interesting choice to make and it's really going against the current but while doing that you know how he played by his strength and how he chose to harness the power of making mistakes is really interesting in today's conversation we speak from making mistakes to walking through the difficult path and how he mentors around 15 startups currently to some bollywood dialogues yeah i really liked when he said uh, big big countries small small things <laughs> i've never heard that one before bade bade deshon mein choti choti baatein i think that's a great translation of that so tune in and tell me which are your favorite parts my email id to communicate that is right w r i t at aditisurana.com so please remember to make notes of your favorite parts and tell me so that we can include more of that in our further conversation so without further ado let me invite rohit and let's get started hi rohit welcome to absolutely right how are you doing hi aditi thanks for having me here so yes. which is your best bollywood moment you know i think you think in bollywood you kind of like love those movies and the drama so what is that that you kind of go back and you know use as a life lesson you know bollywood for me i'll tell you what has like z i keep saying the z cinema taught me hindi i'm a south indian boy <laughs> born to south indian parents okay my hindi is super fluent uh-huh. and i can speak i i i can speak like hindi very like without a, the south indian accent right so okay. you get that i can speak it the way it has to be spoken i can use the With muhavras when, and, oh okay the muhavras when you need to because it's all it's come this thing and i'm not a easy language i don't pick up languages that easy also so for me to work this thing z cinema taught me this i give it to that my pair i was so influenced by it i'll give you an example as a child uh, um, have you seen this movie called hum of course i was a huge amitabh fan okay, okay. and uh, and i used to open the fridge to drink water drink half of it pour the rest on my head and you know shake it and say baktawar and run away okay my mother thought baktawar was this guy in my class who's a bully 
and she genuinely got worried what is happening in this house much later it's so the thing is that bollywood influences you to a large extent so the the bade bade desho mein choti choti baatein hoti rehti hai is my standard line for when anybody fucks up anything on a this thing and they're like oh shit you know this went on it's okay big big country small small things move on <laughs> so it's i've never it's, heard big big country small small things <laughs> but it's i mean that's that's a great yeah, like don't perfect. don't stress yeah. it's i mean i'm I, at least we are not in the profession of making the next covid medicine we are not sending for people to <laughs> we're making an ad we are an ad we are trying to get consumers to buy right, right. It's okay. Let's you can. Yeah. <laughs> so big. So I think all this is there. Entertainment is very, very important. According to me, mm-hmm. I agree. It's, uh, no, uh, in my in my industry that I've worked in for the longest time, it's been that nobody has woken up saying that I want to watch an ad. People wake up and say, "I'm going to be entertained." If it's an ad that entertains me, great. Right. So that that theory is what Bollywood is, right? So if you so which is. why cinema has played a big influence in my life and when i say cinema it's across everything from a hum or mr <laughs> india or whatever to like absolute serious uh, bandit queens of the world so we asked you uh, to write your handwriting sample which we insisted that you write on a blank unruled sheet of paper there's a long paragraph that you wrote along with your signature and that sample is in front of me and i'm going to talk about certain behavioral aspects that i'm going to analyze your writing for and um, you tell us if that's true or not or if you have any story for us anything that you resonate with and we're just going to go with the flow sure sounds very exciting <laughs> the first thing that stands out uh, in your writing is your writing is disconnected or printer's writing is what we say every letter is written and there is enough space and then the other letter comes in and it is written in that style consistently whereas your signature is one single line you have one r kind of formation and then it is like the line that continues so there is a huge difference between who you are and who your uh, what your public image is how people perceive you and we say that simply because anybody who has different styles of handwriting and signature and depending on the degree of deviation the personality which is your real personality and public personality so i say that most people misunderstand you for being something that you're not and as they spend time with you over the years they realize oh i thought you were you know this uh, outgoing kind of a person but there is other side to you and people thought that you are always rushing to things and getting the results But that's not true. You're more driven by by the whole experience and detailing. Oh well, there is there is a lot of truth in that for <laughs> sure. Uh, but at, at the outset, let me clarify. I have always liked to write words separately. So this and this cursive writing. You know how in school they there is that one cursive writing book that's there. I've always hated it, and apparently cursive writing makes you write faster and doesn't. Because I'm also I think innately. Uh, right plane inclined right so yeah. for me design is a very very key part so mm-hmm. in cursive then if i have to start doing a cursive writing it has to flow in a certain way and then i spend more time so i'll never end up writing fast so which is what this was this helped me when it came to my signature i was told that hey anybody can forge your signature if you don't have a distinctive style so it needs to go in a certain flow which you are used to doing right. so i genuinely sat down with a book And sign like this was a design that I decided I wanted the R in that 
so called uh, yeah. small listing and then write this down and i sat and practiced it over, over mul- multiple pages for me to get it right so right now i can just sign it as it comes okay. but it was a conscious decision to do this as opposed to uh, use my printing. same writing style here because yeah mm-hmm. because that then is easily um, replicated or whatever that's that's the a uh, point that was put forth to me so i but, asked this question to mr kv kamath that time he was the managing director of icsi bank and i said you know is it really true that when we have this forging concept because his signature was extremely legible i said you can't be doing this you have you know asked so many like the banks have asked so many people to make it illegible according to him and i just quote him he said if you write in an illegible manner one it is easy for someone else to replicate it and second it is difficult for us to match it to your own signature oh okay that's a, <laughs> that's see i got the i got the wrong advice yes i was told i was told it needs to be done in a style it's more like i was told it's a signature style Yeah, right? your your signature, signature style. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. So the thing is, you know, uh, when I walk into a conversation, I I have a guard that I do it. Right. So, so there is there is me, and you will you will see me as oh hey, I, let let's talk about twenty things, etc. But there are also twenty things I will not talk to you about. Uh, yes. I will never in my life show my weaker side to you. There is that whole sense that I will never show you a weaker side. You will never catch me. emotional you will never catch me uh, with a tear in my eye and those kind of things ever these are things i can easily bottle up in the toughest of situations i can have i can crack a joke and make this thing it will take that that there is that one small clique of people where i will shed that guard where i will drop the armor and say okay come I, save I, me this is me I'm, this I'm is yeah, no, yeah yeah if i'm hurt i will say i'm hurt only there but outside of that no i won't so maybe Doctor Jekyll and Miss Hyde is that piece <laughs> that you are talking about. What you are saying is so beautiful, Rohit. Because when we understand introversion, most of the time people understand that either you talk or you don't talk, either you are social or you are anti-social. But the the beautiful interpretation of being an introvert is being emotionally non-responsive, which means not necessarily jumping. at an emotional situation not letting your emotions out also when people get super emotional you do not empathize by sharing your part of the weak story now that is what happens to an introvert but because most introverts learn how to speak they are not co- understood as introverts right so I think you are to you hit are, the nail on the head with that particular point so it's like you know that times when somebody who's wanting to be who's comes with a serious problem and they're trying to uh, put that out my first response early, early on was to make light of that situation right so let's 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 laugh let's, about let, it. Let, so somebody is uh, is super tearing up like let's make because i i get to i tend to clamp up suddenly i'm like oh shit now what do i do in this so mm-hmm. in so and i had to correct myself over time saying that hey maybe that's not the it it may look like the easy approach in like you know the one person who makes you laugh at no matter what and then take it from there it looks like that but i don't think that works every time right so sometimes you have to play i mean that empathy needs to come in but i can never because one person is crying so we used to do this in college we had this exercise where they took us to this place in panchgani and it Theater. was a opening up exercise for yeah. people etc and then there was they showed us a movie which was super emotional and people talking about their experience and every person who spoke about it 
three other people started crying mm-hmm. about uh, relating to it or whatever. I could never do that, okay? And then that made me even more awkward. That dude, am I coming crying. out? Of, yeah, I I can't cry. So and I went to this. So when it came to my turn, I went up there and I cracked three. I did a stand up set, literally, <laughs> because I'm like, guys, there is way too much. This thing. We crying. need to break this scene. And not, I don't know if people appreciate that or not. But so I have had to correct that over time. But I know I you hit the nail on the head when you said that. So on a show, if you think what I'm saying is correct, you have to say absolutely right. That's the name of the show. Got it. Absolutely right. <laughs> but uh, the graphological trait that I'm talking about is the handwriting that goes to the left side. So if you look at your own writing, every vertical line like D, L, T, it moves to the left side. And we believe graphology wise that when you do that, you're actually also holding yourself back. It's like an emotional protection. So natural tendency for you to be interested or emotional in a conversation is to lean forward. And if you're not doing that, you lean backward. Now, that's exactly what handwriting does. It leans backward in that sense without letting your emotions be available out there. Oh, that's so every very, time very look at, we look at graphology, it's like a body language principle frozen in your handwriting. So there are so many correlations in the way people move their eyeballs, people move their hands. And that is exactly what is represented in the writing. You know, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I, can, I, just, I fall for it every single time. I'm suddenly wary of saying that I have presented myself with my handwriting to you where you are deciphering me, where I can't even wear a guard. So if I you are having wanted... a conversation and you are trying to read my face, I swear I can wear a good poker face and make you this thing. But here clearly now, I'm, uh, now I feel like by the end of this conversation, you would have made me that one open book. Uh, Rohit, out there, now so. it is too late. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we gave you multiple warnings, but now it's too late. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm very, very intrigued though. Okay. This is a very, very unique format. And congratulations on this Thank you. podcast. Because absolutely right when you gave, when I read through this, because you know, you get invited to podcasts and you're used to, it's the same spiel. This was a super interesting format on that mm-hmm. one. So I was, and I actually, one of my questions and I'll targeted basis of what you were telling me it's saying my handwriting was left inclined etc at the outset let me tell you that I'm also dyslexic so left and right are two things that never came to me (laughs) so it's uh, my my dad made this joke saying that if you ever get a tattoo make sure it's L and R in your hands so when you're driving (laughs) somebody says left and right you can just look at your hands and decide what to type I'm but a dyslexic said, myself, so I, oh, I hear, I understand exactly what you're saying. Left and right took forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that explains it. And so now for me, the question, one question was that, uh, because you said my handwriting leans to the left. My, all my life, my everything I've done has been very right brain inclined, right? Mm-hmm. So which is in the creative space. Mm-hmm. Now, and I've done... Uh, Every single every single stint in career-wise, etc., has been very right brain driven. But that doesn't mean my left brain is not uh, the sharpest of them. Because generally, what happens is that when you're creative, you're you suck at math. Is right. generally the theory, right? And I've been really good at it, mm-hmm. right as a kid. And strangely, so I don't know where it was. It was probably the fact that somebody turned around and said that hey, uh, math is not for you. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, you do what others say you can't kind of a theory. And I'll push myself to it. But that that really has helped. Now, I'm in this position where I have done so much of right brain inclined things that I feel that maybe it's time for me to pivot to a left brain 
side effects. Okay. Right now, does my handwriting and is this a notion in my head that hey, I'm not just right brain impaired. I could be left brain too. Or does my handwriting tell you anything of that front? Okay. Saying. So before I I go ahead and answer that question, I would say that whole idea of right and left brain is is kind of debunked by now. So back in the day, there was like this huge emphasis, but I understand where yeah. you're coming from. People believed back in the day that if you are driven by creativity, you won't get the other side, which by itself is not true. So it, depending on what you develop, what you walk into, and how you train yourself, you can absolutely learn any side of the brain. But there are natural inclinations, and people believe that they are lazy enough or they were conclusive enough to not look at the other side at all. and they believe because i'm good at this and because you know traditionally all the artists and creative people were horrible with numbers this is how it's going to be but i think it's a lot to do with how good you are at learning anything okay so first thing that i look at your writing and i would like to look at that aspect of are you a great learner or not so i would say that you are a great learner if you're challenged if somebody really questions you and and you gave the example already if it comes to your ego ego pe banati hai to then you can do anything and i'm saying that because in your writing the letter t is taller than the letter h and our writers can also look at it like last week i spoke about the same trait which was other way around the letter h was taller and those people are naturally learners because they are curious and everything you know get, goes along with that in your case you have to be challenged somebody has to say that oh nobody can do this or you have to feel that you fail so you know horribly in front of other people that you feel the embarrassment and like i can't be experiencing this one more time and that becomes your motivator to go and learn and go through the the whole churn but it is the motivation but once you set out to do that can you be consistent with it again the other side of the the you know logical brain that consistency doing something every now and then i would say no you love to do things until the challenge remains until the the curiosity remains and the very moment you have solved the problem you want to move to the next problem and the very moment you have done that you want to move to the next problem so if people give you the same thing to do every day and if you are supposed to do it in the exact manner you're going to run away from it so can you develop the other side of course you can can you be amazing with numbers now I, let me tell you your way of being amazing with numbers is problem solving is not necessarily taking the accounts every now and then checking things it can't be repetitive again the other aspect i'm being so sure about is when you write your letter y you do not complete the loop of it you go and you have the stroke done around 60% 70% and then you stop there so after that and that is a that is a trait of execution so the way you loop your y talks about how far would you go to complete the task that you have picked up now in your case if the challenge is over if you can delegate to somebody if other people are capable enough to finish it you might as well give that and you move to the next thing that you believe only you can do this is that point where i say absolutely right yeah you can <laughs> yeah yeah i i mean yeah absolutely right is what i should try to say over here so when you make any career choice or any choice for that matter like focus on applicability because if you are going there and if you can find newer applications you'll do all the heavy lifting until you're interested no i i, I mean i think um, you're absolutely right with what he said because 
the two halves of it one again if, i think there are two halves to every answer that you give me the first half being uh, am i naturally curious to learn i think i consume a lot of data on a daily basis i i literally live breathe eat read uh, watch data right so i'm literally spending that much time in front of reading or watching something and it's not all the data and all the content or anything that i consume is not necessarily confined to the space i'm in so i i'd like to read about things outside of the spectrum so am i a natural learner i mean i'm re- i'm only watching or reading or this thing stuff just to consume and learn newer things but i'm probably learn at a superficial level i only dig deep if challenged like you rightly said right so on the second half which says that uh, comfort scares me i think you're fully right because comfort completely scared. like i quit my first job the day some you know the day they showed me a career path <laughs> i said can't do it because now you you're telling me exactly what my career like you told me that you are this next year you'll get this promotion then you're here then you become cd look at it sometimes in a company some for some people that's very important right to see sure. here it is oh what am i doing differently in 5 years nothing much it's just it's more or less the same thing so i i keep saying this that you know that whole question that people ask about will robots take over your jobs yeah. at some point in time if you do something that is that can be replicated as a loop like you know that's programmable if this then that if this then that go to this then your job is a bot then you are <laughs> you're not a human being you're a bot so if right. you yeah, so if i and like you rightly said comfort scares me from that point saying that you know there there was a point in time where when we were no i i like to be nervous before mm-hmm. uh, the monday needs to make me like or the pitch or whatever i do needs to make me nervous saying that are we are we doing something what happens is after you do something for too long it comes to a point that say for example it's a pitch to a brand and on wednesday evening if you call me and say there's a pitch on friday and we don't we haven't cracked anything i'm still not nervous because you've done this so many times that so suddenly it's not a challenge and suddenly it's not exciting and suddenly your job just looks like oh man this is like i mean it's not challenging enough it's too comfortable it's not my space i will i will immediately wear out of that space so yeah you i i i agree with what you're saying or resonate with that completely that yeah. I, i i give credit to dyslexia for that i think anything that becomes in a pattern that you want to break it or anything that becomes clear that you can't then fathom or enjoy yep exactly there are different styles of leadership that people have so some people are absolutely hands on some people are absolutely hands off etc i have personally had a very hands off approach i'm i'm technically saying that if if i've hired a person to come and do a certain thing then you're you're in this room for a reason right mm. so you you take you you've come here you've gotten into this place now you take it how you want to take it and you you run with it from there i i will i will respect your decision if you if you do go wrong i know that i can come and solve it and that's that's been my style and we you were talking about this earlier yesterday as well so if is that a great thing to so it, it really works when you're in a smaller setup right mm. so when you have the hands and legs to run and look into as you scale that kind of uh, uh you need to either pass that on to more people who will take this culture forward 
or th- that can come falling down if you throw somebody at the deep end of the pool and that person's like hey this is not cool etc is is not the question that i have is that it's worked for me at when we worked in a when we were a smaller setup mm-hmm. it's somewhere that still does work for us in a larger setup but when it becomes difficult for me to get somebody at a newer stage like mm-hmm. hire it a higher leadership because they don't understand this today on my next phase of journey where i work with a lot of startups right right where i'm working with them from a mentoring point of view advising them etc on it is this a good piece of advice is how does us does it make sense for a founder to be more hands off in their approach or let their team run with it okay so now this question has multiple layers now first of all why do you do it why do you think hands off approach is is a good thing now when i look at your writing one letter which talks about planning and execution has a variation that say are you a strategist now your lower case letter f is like an umbrella upside down it does not have a loop on the top it doesn't have loop on the bottom it's just like that umbrella you know like the like most disconnected writers have that umbrella like f that talks about you being a strategist you get into any situation you take the birds eye view you look at things that can go wrong and can go right you evaluate the situation and then you go you know give the responsibility to the other person by giving a clear end point you're like okay do however you like it but this is the end point that we have to reach and it's yours you figure it out now does it work for people uh, i think it depends on who you're talking to there are people for creative the people who can deal with challenges and especially back in the day when you had smaller challenges and you could go and fix the problem you thrived there but there is other side of you know the 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 janta who believes in wanting to have a clear procedure a step by step approach and as per carl jung's concept there are two types of people like that now when you look at their style of functioning some people really thrive when you do not give them any executionable steps and there are other people who require it so depending on who you're dealing with as who they are not who you are it can change right so it's not about the size of the team as much it is about who are your leaders if the leaders are are challenge driven if the leaders are like you who can really throw themselves in the deep end and then figure it out or as we were speaking about if they're okay to fail and make mistakes and deal with the mistakes then it works but otherwise it won't work so again re- like replying to your other half of the question that if you're talking to a startup and if their work demands processes and procedures and actually following the the standard operating systems then in that case it won't work but if right. the demands that you're creative you're questioning things and you're really pushing the boundaries then of course it would work yeah that, that's that's probably a great uh, approach to look at it from because it, it you like you rightly said there are two sets of people right so one who want that direction and yep. it's uh, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that right so it's like hey i function within i like a canvas to yeah. draw with it and also and like the people you said right who said okay when they see the career growth plan they're happy about it so yeah. those types of people can really be happy having a proper process to follow got it is there anything in my handwriting that tells you about um, my art of saying uh, like how how do i give feedback from my point of view on that this thing uh, i can either elaborate and give you a instances like i i grew up in a household where 
and I think that that background might help because I grew up in a household where feedback was always positive. You okay. cannot there was no negative feedback. Like even if like if if for dinner if something was made and it was really not like yeah, it was an experiment it was really bad. You never say it is really bad in the at home. It was like hey, it's very nice. Please don't make it again. Right. <laughs> so that's the that's the kind of upbringing you always have. So always. Always look at glass half full first. No matter there is always one. Even if there is only one drop of water in it, they, let's look at the half full water was there. We we'll yeah. talk about that, and then we'll talk about what else. Yeah, so but... packages and so that's the that's where I grew up, and that's what is kind of uh, coming to me uh, from that front. Now, which then turns around that a hard. I never end up saying a hard no, right? Mm-hmm. So it's I never. So it's like okay, you've done this. Fair enough. Let's see what. Has come out of what you've done. It's not these are the positives, but technically this is it. I mean, even if a so you know, if somebody was to come to you with a design, hmm. right, or or somebody some new startups come to you with a idea that they want to pitch, hmm. I end up having feedback from a point of view of I don't know if that can even be improved. So technically, the answer should have been like, guys, this is zero <laughs> on track. Right? Okay. It, yeah, exactly. I, I <laughs> technically should just say, guys, this is horrible. I will not end up saying that. Now, does that mislead people into mm. this? Because I, I have again consciously made a made an effort to change myself somewhere mm. where call let's call a spade a spade. Mm. Because you're also working with so if, especially with a startup. I don't want to if he's if somebody's trying to solve a problem which is not going to take him anywhere, mm. and if I don't give him a direct straight up feedback saying, guys, this. It's not. It's a no go. Hmm. And if I start to give him saying, okay, there is some positive, and if he still continues, it he's just ruining X amount of life uh, of years of his life, right? Of course. I don't. So I've had to consciously change that. But does my handwriting tell you anything on that piece? Does graphology talk about it from a point of view of where feedback goes in and what kind of philosophy? So uh, graphology won't give us that exact uh, answer. But if we look at using graphology to understand the situation and apply graphological understanding to it then probably i can bring in a different understanding altogether here and can okay. give you the answer for this now i was uh, we have this module called apt where it's india's first mental and emotional fitness gym so how you go and work out and you know look at situations and you know physical situations and problems that we work on here you look at mental situations and you kind of keep throwing the participants in in different conversations and they figure out how they would like to function so we were talking about rejections and one of the lines i said rejection is kindness and people are like how can that be but what you said is exactly matching that that if you are rejecting somebody's idea that won't take him anywhere and you can see it that is being kind to the person so is it yeah. always negative it's not it is actually helping the person move forward in the way they should it's like a doctor telling you that you have only 3 months to live is it unkind is actually kind so that you can do whatever you want in those 3 months now how you give feedback i feel you are extremely direct when it comes to giving feedback and you do not like to mince your words you do not like to say things otherwise you really force yourself to be socially acceptable and i understand the struggle and i'm going to use two graphological traits to explain this one is you write your letter t lower case letter t like a cross which means the bottom part is like a straight line there is no curve nothing there it's like a straight line that talks about somebody who is point blank with what they know what they feel what they think so there is no 
lack of clarity in your mind when you speak with people you know this is a horrible idea will you say that i'm coming to that part but you are very clear with what you understand now the second part whether you say it or not when you write lower case letter m the second hump is taller than the first one not every time but half of the time so that means that you are concerned about other people feeling rejected you're concerned about getting into that embarrassing situation with people and in order to curb that you will try and make it softer but i would not agree that you don't give your straight feedback and i think you should ask people who have worked with you you may be thinking and all of us have these ideas about i am very cautious about it and i don't say what i feel but in your case i think you do and you say it in a manner and people value your opinion many people keep coming to you and keep asking you different questions because you have pointed out things that no one else could right that couldn't have been possible without you being clear and articulate about exactly how you looked at the picture no you're, you so the thing is you're absolutely right when you say i look at something i know if it's it's a go or a no go is very clear right then i have to beat around the bush but because then packaging to... my no and a no go is <laughs> it becomes the i to and if you don't land up saying what you want to it pinches so you know that so Uh, you know in one of the conversations we are talking about that you said that you are a perpetual liar did you say that in one of com- compulsive liar <laughs> compulsive liar you said that in your uh, i think instagram bio or twitter bio you said now i i thought let me just look at the writing and say if that is true or not in your public image you try to keep that that uncertainty that mystery of being a compulsive liar on but in your own handwriting in as a personality which i established in the beginning you are very clear at heart so anything that goes off and you feel that i could have said no and have said yes and if this person might get impacted by it you can't live with that easily and you will go and find a way to correct that so i think more than anything else that that aspect of being very clear at heart and not causing harm to other people so you would say no and you know you have to take tough decisions running a business and all of that you would do everything but every single time you're very clear that you needed to do this so if you're convinced right. in your heart then you will go ahead and do it and if saying no and if you're doing it only to make the person feel comfortable next time onwards you'll avoid that conversation completely because you don't like to be in such gray spots at all yes fair enough <laughs> it's quite true on that point so when i said compulsive liar i'll also clarify on this is it's so as a child it's i don't know if you know that fine line between uh, the white truth as they call it right or <laughs> it's that it's that storytelling versus so i think i crafted too many stories in my head as a child so for me everything was i would just any time i met somebody i would have to craft a story and tell them about a situation so any situation that i've been in would get exaggerated 20 times I have convinced somebody in my school that Jurassic Park was shot right behind my house, and I have found a fossil <laughs> over there. And That's a cool I, story. I'm not kidding. I have managed to convince somebody on this till that person has thrown a shit fit in his house, saying that you know I want to go to this one's house to see this, and then because Jurassic Park was, I've been summoned at school for these things. My parents have gone through supremely embarrassing situation because I've. Cr- i have cooked up this story where this child is believed it or somebody else is believed it like i have even got adults to believe stories which when they confront my parents my parents say nothing of this sort has happened ever like the, this is a figment of it. 
so at some point i think they sat me down and said which is why advertising is a great career right for me perfect which is <laughs> i lie for a living yeah, i get paid <laughs> I I lie for a living. I say, दस में से छह डॉक्टर का मानना है कि ये वो डॉक्टर गॉड नो. The newest soap you will ever buy. Yeah. So advertising really. So so impulsive liar for me was that. So for me it is any situation I will exaggerate it ten x to make mm-hmm. if I have to make us for me stories can't be interesting unless you exaggerate it. Otherwise and life is. too boring so for me like a documentary when i watch it right like there are times i want to watch a documentary but sometimes documentary can uh, like if a real life situation is happening you know how people watch movies based on real life right. and then question saying yeah but ye to this this never happened this is exaggerated this right. i'm like you have to exaggerate it because life is way too boring for you to just watch what has exactly happened like i remember the latest that um, this tv series that's on uh, the web series on called 2611 Mm. Uh, on Amazon Prime, so I got, so there was a debate that day. We were all uh, for few of us caught up, and they were like, "I got turned off because you know, like it was too fictionalized." I'm like, but the true story we know. You yeah. get it. I I like the fact that somebody is adding the drama. I mean, that that little drama is needed. Life is life needs drama. So yesterday so, you were talking that no doubt you love Bollywood so much. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think I mean, this is I, where the root comes from. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because I don't want to see what is. I want to. I mean, I like the Karan Johar world. Yeah. Of because <laughs> I didn't go to a school in real life for me. A school. The school I went to was a regular school. Nobody came skateboarding. There was no RJ. There was yeah. no helicopter <laughs> landing. So I like the fact that on. When I watch, when I want, it's it's that suspension of disbelief, right? So I'm going to watch a, a movie. I don't want to see what I'm seeing every day, which is my regular school. I want to see the school with colorful clothing, good-looking people skateboarding in <laughs> things that and you want to. And also Rohit Shetty effect, right? Like the whole whole thing. Yeah, blow it up. <laughs> so I I watch I watch all kinds of content like that. So for me, uh, a David Dhawan film is as exciting for me as uh, any other. Uh, award-winning Oscar film mixer. I will watch it, but at different points because after a hard day's work, I don't want to be sitting and watching Citizen Kane. I want to watch. <laughs> I want to watch whatever. If it's Kohli number one, I'm Kohli number one. Like, <laughs> I will try to find whatever little good is there in that. So, so my my the genuine question here is: Then, when you started a startup kind of a world, you know, like everything is obviously dramatic, but at the same time tough. especially in the initial years where you know i want to do 15 things i don't want to come up with all these ideas but that's not always possible or that's not always what you'll end up doing how did you survive that period so when we started for mm-hmm. example when we started glitch i used to work in uh, channel v before mm-hmm. and varun used to work at mtv and both of us then ended up at channel v so channel v was the space we went there to make certain kind of content because mm-hmm. the kind of content that we uh, agreed upon we resonated with right uh one day they said that channel v is not going to be playing music anymore it's going to make a pivot to something else because the audience has moved away from this to the digital sphere right so that was an opportunity for us to say hey if either we we pivot with channel v and start making content for that thing or we play to our strengths so i i'm a strong believer that i will only play to my strengths i will mm-hmm. improving a weakness takes too much time Okay. okay, but when I play to my strengths, so we said, okay, let's start something in the digital sphere where the audience is doing the same kind of content. Mm-hmm. Now, when we stick that off, and we, at, and you, I, you have a end goal, like in terms of where you want to go with it, mm-hmm. and 
at any given point there will be you'll keep en encountering folks right so there's so from just to give you an example of how when we started doing this as an advertising network etc mm -hmm. there was a whole tech revolution that was coming right right do we now pivot and go into a tech focused product because tech was always deep in my heart but when i saw it the the problem that we were solving with with glitch mm. i don't know how much of it tech could come and replace tech could replace like i said earlier anything that is replicatable right, right. and then somewhere in the journey i when we found the whole people economy creator economy spectrum mm. that came in that is something that tech could have solved so I, it helped me uh, jump into that aspect to say that okay now let's explore the tech piece with chatterbox on that right. so uh, every day you will have newer and newer ideas that come in mm. and but you will have to give your 100% time for an idea to see the, the end of the day, right so mm. yeah so it's it, in your journey you will more and more ideas will come in you can always say that okay let's make this division and that division and 20 division but provided all of it lead up to the to the end game just because say for example today edtech is the new keyword and everybody's right. talking about edtech does not mean that we as an agency say let's start an edtech division that doesn't that's not how it works what uh, but my mind also keeps doing this uh, jump into different different situ situations right so what i what really helps me is that the whole where i work with a lot of startups mm. that is for me living vicariously mm. all the things that i want to do with people who are giving 100% time onto it i don't have the 100% time they do right. i will only work with them for whatever few hours that i can spare at a given point of me and we so there i have genuinely there are so many of these young brains all i only invest in people who are way smarter than me they're all 10x smarter they're they've got they've cracked the, this thing etc so i work with them I, so there's something in retail somebody is doing something in ecom somebody is doing something in supply chain right. things i don't know anything about i just spend time saying hey i'll tell you what i know hmm. but you know better so let me learn from you so it's a two-way communication but end of the day i also see that like i'm part of something yeah part of a journey of something that's scaling and that is so that is the most satisfying piece for me so we've i've managed to do what i did with one and two but if i now i can't take what i have right now and attaching whatever is cool to this because that's right. not how it works so let mm -hmm. let me attach myself to what is cool for whatever, whatever is exciting and move it that's it how it's very interesting over and over again rohit you have reinvented yourself and reinvented the situations to match all the strengths that you have and i think very rarely people can do that like for example i'm just thinking about it like the problem solver nature that we spoke about the strategist nature that we spoke about also being a printed writer the disconnected writer you're always uh disorganized in your thought because you're driven by multiple inspirations in at any given point in time and that means two things one you can really go down the path of being lost and in a, in the middle of a chaos all the time or it may mean that you can question multiple things in one go and you can yep. contribute to multiple projects in in at, at the same time now very few people understand that they got to channelize by applying themselves in multiple projects which you have managed to do 
and you know so i think it's it's beautiful to see i think the reason behind your success and how you kind of use dyslexia and everything else that otherwise could be a challenge to your advantage i think is by applying and being committed so if i have to ask you and if any startup is looking at their own growth what are the three or four lessons that you would want them to keep in mind when they go about their journey oh uh, well you know one one theory i have lived by and i think i've say this every single time mm-hmm. is don't uh, the the power of mistakes which is what that when you asked me to write it innately mm-hmm. just came to me and just quickly wrote that right. i called it the power so for me the thing is you know the day you will only be successful the day you decide to let go of the fear of committing a mistake mm-hmm. this word mistake has been has such a negative connotation since school right you've been of told course. oh it's a mistake wrong this that <laughs> what you don't realize is that when you make something new you will end up making mistakes always if you do, if you let go of the fear of making mistakes so what, if you fear a mistake what happens is that you will not attempt something new mm-hmm. you will always look for a way to solve that somebody else has already done right okay then you are not innovating in, anymore so mm-hmm. with every single startup founder who i work with also i'm like don't don't come back to me and this i mean even a lot of clients tend to ask this question saying that hey is there a reference for this if you show me a reference which means it's been done right so mm-hmm. then yeah it's uh, so you can always learn from somebody else's mistake fair enough but somewhere drop the fear of making a mistake go ahead what's the worst that will happen right and this is the same question that like i remember when we were quitting our jobs to start this uh, and peak of recession everybody said mm-hmm. you're making a mistake i don't my my parents when i told them this their answer was very clear they like what's the worst that can happen you will fall or you will fly so right. and it's not like and technically it's not a risk right it's not like i had to send money over but so we also came right. over a certain amount of privilege to do that we made that jump so that yes it works so but the, i could take the fear of going down so i will I, I say love that the hey, let's Yeah, because you take the power of making mistakes. Actually, encouraging people and and creating an environment where you will end up making mistakes and won't be reprimanded for that. Exactly. So don't don't be reprimanded. That's the whole thing. Because what you have done by nothing teaches you better than a mistake. We have learned this the hard way. Like we've we've tried to do things we didn't know how to do. We mm. said uh, so. We didn't have the fear of a mistake. So I'll give you examples also at. when we were you know when you were working with a client early on mm. and we were the small little video production team right? <laughs> so they had turned to us and they said they wanted a film to be done for their sales teams etc which is a normal thing for people to do mm. you are also being pit against four other people you have to be something completely different so we sat there and we just made a whole statement saying what if it was in 3d and they were like yeah okay sure and we're like no no we're not talking 3d like that we're talking 3d you know how in those movies you wear glasses and it comes to you they were like can we do that because this was being done in an auditor can you guys uh, can you guys do that as a question we didn't know how to do it hmm. right so we just said yes they're like what is the worst it will not happen right. and we'll give them a regular one yeah. so we just said yes then we went back and we worked on it. we and we made multiple mistakes to do it but yeah. at the end of the day it worked it happened what it did was it blew the client away hey and then suddenly it positioned us as here is a really creative agency which is thinking out of the blue so next brief just brief them don't call the others so we right. got the next few briefs straight up and then we so if i had the fear of saying ki yaar humne kabhi nahi kiya this can go wrong mm-hmm. and then we did this and then i would never pitch this 
<laughs> so the, we dropping the fear of mistakes uh, the fear of making committing a mistake is very very important so mistakes are good on that that's part. amazing daag acche hote hain exactly see <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, those knock knock jokes that happen when these people say knock knock yes uh, my answer is when somebody says knock knock it's definitely not opportunity because oh, opportunity oh, only knocks once ah good one good one uh, that's 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 fully true on a lot especially even you're young and starting up hmm. remember the the no that you say when somebody is listening can your no is somebody else's opportunity so and i mean this, these are these i don't know how much of this gyan you should take it straight up this is things that have happened to me and i'm telling you from that point of view i mm-hmm. knew somebody who uh, was trying to do a film when we were starting off uh, approached somebody who was a friend of ours he was like yeah they wanted in four days i'll just say no to it i'm not too keen he said no but he referred us we got the film we did the film the film went up on a certain stage mm-hmm. uh somebody who was at that stage so roshan happened to be emceeing at that event he saw this and he's like wow these are great looking films who's made this he's connected back to us he becomes our first investor wow so the story wow. i mean the serendipity and this <laughs> can come from uh, so knock when you get an opportunity grab it it's mm-hmm. don't think twice especially in your early stage just grab to... it so there is an opportunity there take that uh, and run with it uh what i would give as a third piece of gyan is there is no there i mean don't restrict yourself to just the realm of your industry that you're working in the lot of so because we end up don't be a frog in the well technique okay. that's that's why so we end up if say for example if i'm a uh, if my company is in edtech mm-hmm. i end up doing the circles in the ed- i read only things around edtech etc i don't read anything else and suddenly i'm a frog in the well. i i call this out about advertising we are we are people who watch other ads and mm-hmm. we are so engrossed in the industry where we think that everybody is waking up in the morning saying ki mujhe aaj kaun sa ad dekhna hai nobody <laughs> audience is not they want to skip that ad as soon as they can right right so this this entire can and this and that in an attempt to win awards the awards are all in this one small circle of people right. who exist who are all talking to each other and saying this. the actual consumer sitting outside hmm. so in my thing is don't restrict yourself just to what your realm is always step out because your your consumer or maybe your your product pivot is somewhere one step out i'll give you an example of a company i was talking to recently this boy has uh, made this super cool uh, ai driven algorithm which basically said that if i went and he was trying to sell it to e-commerce companies right so it was if i'm uh, if if you went to mintra and if you were buying a dress that you're wearing right now it would say see how people have paired it as a button right. if you pressed it it would find all the people on the internet who have worn a similar dress and say show you images of that Okay. his algorithm basically was able to decipher what your dress was and who else has worn it with a right. picture on the internet and match the two and put that together mm-hmm. great idea right and now he's selling it from e-com company to e-com company to e-com company the magic of that idea actually is for him to step back and say let me see what my consumers are what is happening is that you have a instagram page right. if with the same tech i can make your instagram page shoppable Mm. and you make money off it isn't that beneficial more beneficial because now i my consumer base is not the 8 to 
e-com companies my mm-hmm. consumer base is the 5 million creators or 8 million creators that exist wow. so it was important and wow the thing is it's easy for you to fall in that bubble and just work within that b2b spectrum saying okay what else will mintra need let me build from mintra till somebody else who's seeing it from a completely different perspective saying you are not building for mintra you can beat mintra at its own game with this mm-hmm. and now that that person's pivoted mm-hmm. now the company is called shop my look and anybody nice. can go and make their instagram page shoppable then mm-hmm. the ask was if you were become a frog in the well and if you just work within trying to solve find a way to solve the problem i the the, the brief is 3d as i call it right because so you said, and not because, repeat that i said the brief hmm. the the brief that you get to solve something right the hmm. the problem statement is always three dimensional okay okay so invariably we end up treating it as a 2d image as a flat out problem the, right. actually step back there is a depth wow. to it you might find something so it's very very crucial to look at it from the three dimensional lens because what you are solving and what is there is something else so okay, that's brilliant because that stepping away from the problem and really looking at it objectively objectively is is the toughest one yeah i i love this like the the whole 3d concepts brilliant okay yeah because otherwise you're walking in blinders right you're like okay that's the problem to solve i'm walking around like this but hey open that up that is just one part of the problem the actual problem is way bigger you just step back and you suddenly see that, that i'm actually solving a bigger problem can i just jump three steps in so that's so these these are three key pieces of advice i always give i think that's amazing i think our listeners are going to really look at it and if you are considering starting a business and i don't even think that is important if you are in any part of the career yeah. and you're looking at you know going to the next level faster in the most smooth manner then i think all these lessons are applicable there that yeah was, that, that the power of mistakes i think applies to everybody just i and, and every walk of life every walk of life we keep saying this in, you know how you don't go into a conference room for, say you are a brainstorm and people don't want to say something because it's a it might be a bad idea right there is no bad idea there's only ideas good or bad you don't decide it you never know where a bad idea can go varun my co-founder my best friend who's thing we who were talking about earlier yeah. he he has this uh, you know that mutual funds are subject to market risk type disclaimer like mai ganda idea do is what he started <laughs> he's already set the tone ki ganda idea yeah. which is great which is like so don't judge me yeah. but if you can take that idea and run with it and make it because great you never know so what, where said, your idea yeah, can exactly so that's where it is so rohit before we end the conversation do you have any question that i can answer do you think there's something still you want to know more about wow this is uh, this has been really insightful actually like you have opened up and told me things about me which i know but i have pro- probably not portrayed it or i have kind of put it away like for me that feedback example is um, is is a answer which i will always hold close to my heart because i know it's i want to give you i i know the answer to yeah. the question that you gave me i know that it's a no from me but i am not able to say that no straight up and i i try to package it but i'm very clear on that so these points are very like uh, it hit hard it So. that that is our attempt actually in every conversation i want our our guests to have things that they can walk away with and implement i feel otherwise a coaching session or any any conversation of this sort won't add value and the value is what, where you can implement a, a suggestion and i think that absolutely 
I'm going to hit you up again and we can like probably uh, catch this offline sometime. I'd love to have a longer chat on a bunch of these things. This is, this is, this has definitely been the most interesting podcast I've been. Thank you. Sure. Thank you so Hands much. Down. That's a big one. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, okay. I have one last question that I ask you and I'll, does, do you think I can ever work for, so I've been an entrepreneur all my life, right? I've been a serial entrepreneur, done no. one, two, three. Do you think I can ever work for somebody else? No. No? <laughs> oh, wow. You didn't have to look at my handwriting. <laughs> no. <laughs> also, because I think the way you, you keep questioning the norms, you may say that you are, you know, being careful about it and all of that. If you are not questioning the norms and you're not growing internally or you don't get the freedom to chill when, when you know, you want to chill. Now, there are very specific ideas and you're very, very particular about it. If you don't hit all those marks, you're not interested. And I don't think now after, you know, after growing, going through the hustle and now you've come on the other side and, and now you're already privileged, going back and, and learning or working with somebody would be an option. Only if you are challenged to a point that you have to prove a point to somebody, you would probably, you know, go through the grind only to make a point. But otherwise, I don't. Just because you told me I can't, I'll go and take yeah, a job. Like, like that. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, before we end, I have a question. Okay. So, so if, if you have to end it on say, okay, one thing that you believe in is entertainment, entertainment, entertainment. You <laughs> would end it with saying big, big country, small, small. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely so, talking to you, Rohit. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much, Aditi. This was my, my pleasure. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Some parts I thought were absolutely hilarious the way he described so many situations and also some key takeaway with the failure part We're absolutely looking at the opportunity not knocking the door twice. I think that was really, really cool. Now, I use graphology specifically with the leadership team where you actually analyze people and the leaders and understand their leadership style. When an investor is investing in a startup, the large part of their decision is based on the business model but also major part of the decision is based on the team or the leadership team they're investing in so before making that crucial decision if you would like to know these founders understand their leadership styles the probable conflict that they would get into then all that information can be actually found out with the help of handwriting and the coaching conversation that i have just had similar conversations like that so if you want to know more about this you can write to my email id write writ at aditisurana.com if you want to learn graphology and become one of our students then the information is available on the website aditisurana.com and if you want to be part of this phenomenally cool idea india's first emotional and mental gym where we talk about emotional fitness mental fitness it is not only about emotional health or mental wellness but it's actually about fitness so you learn cool tools figure out ways in which you can absolutely grasp what works for you figure out the tools that can take you to the next level all of that is in this conversation or this weekly coaching module called apt apt a for aspire p for perform and t for transform so if you haven't heard about it if you don't know what i'm talking about go on the website aptforme.com and you'll get all the information required about this you can also join our free webinars and we will talk more about how you can get benefited exactly through this process I will see you on Friday with one more episode of the Absolutely Right podcast. We are in the middle of a graphology series. So do not miss that conversation because I'm talking about some interesting different
different aspects of different letters and signatures and you know like the whole combination of different traits if you want to know more about it you can check out all our fried episodes especially in last five or seven weeks but the series is an ongoing thing i'll see you on friday till then happy writing mm-hmm.